and welcome to Health Affairs This Week, the podcast where the staff of Health Affairs talks about the most pressing health policy news of the week. I'm Marianne Amos. And I'm Rob Lott. This week, we're talking about a special major series on Health Affairs Forefront called Medicare and Medicaid Integration. The series is all about the dual eligible population or people who are covered by both Medicare and Medicaid. And we want to take a moment to thank the funder of this series, Arnold Ventures. So, Rob, you and I have been working together on this series. I was wondering if you could kick us off by describing the dual eligible population and its healthcare usage and needs. Sure. So, Marianne, in 2019, there were 12 million dual eligibles in the country. Um, just a reminder for our listeners to be eligible for Medicare, you have to be 65 or older, have a disability, or have end stage renal disease. To be eligible for Medicaid, you essentially have to have low or no income. There are a few other categories, but low income is the big one. Now, put those two together, and you have a largely vulnerable population that tends to have higher healthcare needs and higher spending, really, in relation to their percentage of the Medicare and Medicaid populations. So, for example, according to MACPAC, which is the Medicaid and CHIP Payment and Access Committee, According to them, duly eligible individuals account for only 14% of enrollees, but 30% of spending. And all the while, their outcomes are often quite poor. Yeah, and I think something else that's unusual about the duly eligible population is that it's really diverse, right? Yeah, not all dual eligibles are the same. It's a pretty heterogeneous group, including people with multiple chronic conditions, cognitive impairments, mental illness, and physical limitations. There are also those that are relatively healthy too. And communities of color are disproportionately represented within this population. Yeah, thanks. That's a great overview. And I want to take a minute too to talk about the title of the series, Medicare and Medicaid Integration. So for those who aren't familiar with the issue, could you also talk a little bit about why integrating Medicare and Medicaid is so important for this population? Yeah, so important. Um, To begin with, the two programs, Medicare and Medicaid, are actually quite different, especially when it comes to what they cover. Uh, For duals, Medicare is the primary payer for acute and post-acute services. Medicaid provides help with Medicare premiums and cost-sharing It also covers some services that Medicare doesn't cover, like long-term services and supports. The thing is, uh, Medicare and Medicaid, they are not well integrated financially or in terms of service delivery. In fact, uh, many duly eligible people have two benefit cards, for example, and they have to navigate the complexities of the two programs, uh, often all by themselves. It can be really difficult and Uh, of course, also lead to poor outcomes, poor health outcomes, and um, difficulty um, accessing care. Yeah, that's right. And so that's why the efforts to create integrated programs for duels on the part of the federal government, states, and other actors um, is really important. But it's also really complicated. So attempts to better integrate these two programs have been ongoing for a long time, And although participation in integrated care programs has increased over time, enrollment is still low. So there were just over one in 10 full benefit duly eligible individuals enrolled in integrated care in 2019, according to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. 
So our Forefront series, we wanted to use this series to really look at opportunities to advance integrated care for dual eligibles at the state and federal levels. So the series features analysis, commentary, and proposals from experts in the field. We published 13 articles so far and more are on the way before the series wraps up at the end of October. Yeah, that's right, Marianne. Do you want to maybe take a moment to talk a little bit about maybe some of your, your favorites from the past year, some highlights from the series? Yeah, definitely. Well, the first thing I want to mention um, is that the series features four articles from Anne Huang and Lara Keohane. Dr. Huang is a primary care physician and a visiting fellow in the Department of Healthcare Policy at Harvard Medical School, as well as a senior consultant with Baylet Health Purchasing. And Dr. Keohane is an assistant professor at the Vanderbilt University School of Medicine Department of Health Policy. So they were our so-called uh, forefront rapid responders, right, for the series? Yeah, exactly. So together they authored four articles about developments in policy affecting dual eligibles, and they did it super fast, <laughs> reacting yeah. quickly after those developments occurred. Um, their most recent article, which came out in August, described a number of legislative initiatives related to integrated care for dual eligibles. And they concluded that although sweeping change is unlikely this year, some incremental change might occur, which could then lay the foundation for future efforts to advance integration. So these are pieces of legislation, Rob, that listeners interested in this topic probably want to keep an eye on. Yeah, Marianne, it sounds like it's been a, a pretty busy year, at least legislatively speaking, uh, for dual eligibles. Yeah, it has been, and on the regulatory side, too. So CMS issued a final rule over the summer that made significant modifications to the regulations around dual eligible special needs plans, or DSNPs. Um, those are a type of Medicare Advantage plan for duly eligible individuals. Um, and this was kind of a big deal. It marked the most important step forward to improve programs for duly eligible individuals in the last 10 years, according to Sarah Barth and Michael Monson. Um, they wrote an article for us about new tools available for states to better align DSNPs with their Medicare programs. Yeah. So you mentioned these DSNPs. I, I think another element of the new regs is a particular requirement that DSNPs create and maintain enrollee advisory committees, right? What's that about? Yeah, that's right. So enrollee advisory committees, or EACs for short, are groups of duly eligible individuals who can advise on how plans can improve access to services and improve health equity. So we had an article from Melissa Hafner and Talia Fish that made recommendations for how these EACs can be structured in the absence of detailed guidance from CMS. The thing about EACs is that they're a key conduit for duels to make their voices heard, which, you know, as we've touched on, is really important considering how diverse the dual eligible population is. And that brings me to the last thing I want to highlight, health equity. Definitely. Thanks, Marianne. The article by Hafner and Fish was not the only one in the series to discuss equity. Yeah, definitely not. So on that front, there's a lot to discuss, actually. Um, Manka and Kimbang and Shekinah Fashaw-Walters wrote about the need for culturally appropriate services to ensure equity for duels. And Karen Joint Maddox and Kenton Johnston wrote about advancing equity in value-based and alternative payment models. Those are just two examples. And equity has been a piece of several other articles in the series as well. <sighs> Rob, I wish we had time to discuss all the articles. 
I wish, I wish. Maybe we can uh, launch an eight-part series on this topic going <laughs> forward for the next uh, next couple months of the podcast. But uh, barring that, um, I do know there's a lot more that we haven't been able to get to today. Um, it's been great to spend some time focusing on these issues through this series. And I want to congratulate you, Marianne, on a lot of really hard work on a really important topic. Oh, thanks, Rob. It's been great to work with you on it and all of our colleagues at Health Affairs. For sure. Uh, let's remind listeners that the series runs through October 31st, and uh, we're accepting submissions still on a rolling basis. You can find more about that on our website. I also want to mention for our listeners that we continue to cover issues around dual eligibles in the journal as well. In fact, this month's episode of A Health Podacy features researcher Eric Roberts talking with our editor-in-chief, Alan Weil, about the paper that he co-authored with Jennifer Malore for the September issue, comparing the experiences of dual eligibles enrolled in DSNPs with those in Medicare Advantage and traditional Medicare plans. Um, so uh, a lot to cover and a lot to look forward to. Thanks for talking with me today, Marianne. Thanks, Rob. And thanks for listening to another episode of Health Affairs This Week. If you like this episode, tell a friend, leave a review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.